I'm excited to talk about my sponsors today, Gay Lisby's Million Dollar Arbitrage Group. Amazing, amazing group. This is a teacher. This is, uh, Gay was a teacher. She is a teacher still. You need to learn this is the type of uh, environment you want to be in because she's going to help you understand why. And I think that's the hardest part of this business is understanding why. Why is the red one popular when the green one isn't? Well, there's usually a reason. And what Gay does is probably parse that better than anybody, and she'll explain the reasons for those things. I think that's really powerful. Yes, she puts out a list. You're going to get, uh, get use of that list if you get in the group. Now, here's the deal. The group isn't always open, right? So you get on the waiting list, and you can join the waiting list through my link. Um, doesn't cost you anything to, to get on a waiting list. And if you uh, like her service, which I find that most people do, and that's why there's not so many openings, um, you'll be with her for a long time. And so it's amazingfreedom.com. She's part of Andy Slamet's group. Amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum, and you're going to get in the waiting list. That's all I can get you on right now. You can use my name and see if that gets you anywhere. But what I like about in that, uh, what I like about what they teach in that group are the things that are going on, you know, the current things. I've seen a lot of stuff going on about stores going out of business. Well, here's where an opportunity is. Here's why you want to do this. Hey, be cautious about this, you know, with Toys R Us coming out. You got to think about this. And that's the learning that you need to do. And gay is better than anybody else I've seen. So um, amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum will get you to the waiting list. Then hopefully it can get you in the group and then you're going to see me in there and uh, we can chat anytime you're ready. Karen Locker's group, Solutions, the number four e-commerce, solutions4ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you 50 bucks. Karen's our account manager. We recommend her to everyone because she's done so well for us. I mean, that's quite frankly the reason we've been paying her for the last few years, but she's become an important part of our team. Her and her team are so involved in our account. I just see the emails coming back and forth. Hey, we did this for you. I just saw two listings today. And I'm like, wait a second. Why did they show up? I didn't put any listings up. They got, uh, they got uh, set off to the side by Amazon, and they reactivated them for me. You know what I mean? That's the stuff that just happens when you have a strong team, and I can't recommend Karen enough. If you use uh, my code Momentum, Karen pays me. I don't want to hide that. Of course, we all know that, but you're going to save $50, and it's a great opportunity to really, really um, build out your team with somebody you can trust. That's why I recommend them. So solutions for e-commerce, solutions, the number for e-commerce.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you $50. Oh, and by the way, she's going to do an inventory health report. Why is that important? Well, guess what? Fees are going up. Is your inventory health number declining like ours is? Well, here's why, and here's what they can do. What I like is I get a spreadsheet from them and it says, hey, um, here's a bunch of inventory. Here's what we recommend. And I'm like, yep refund, I mean, uh, delete, uh, return to us, blah, 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 whatever it is, and it's or destroy, and it just happens. That's what I like. The other thing that I have Karen help me with a lot is creating new listings. You know, we do a lot of the research ourselves, we upload our images, and then boom, magically the listing goes live, and I don't have to worry about it. Those are the services that Karen offers. Can't recommend her enough. Solutions for ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. Save 50 bucks. Use my code you save $50 a month every single month, and it's a great service. Plus, you get that free inventory health report. I think it's a really powerful way. So I can't, uh, I'm so excited how many people have been joining her because I see it. And I'm excited because the, the messages I get from people are saying, hey, this is great. I finally feel like I can focus on something else because Karen and her team are watching this for me. And, you know, I highly recommend her.
Next up is Seller Labs and Scope. <laughs> I almost said it wrong. It's, it's amazing. I mean, it really is amazing when you sit back and think about, hey, I want to get this product up and it's similar to this product, and that's, that product does well. Well, therefore, if that product does well, they have the right keywords. They have chosen things correctly. So guess what? You scope, and you can see all that stuff. And that's what the, the most powerful thing in the world is, to copy somebody who's done it right. That's what you want to you wanna take advantage of that, right? I mean, it's, it's fair uh, to see. And so, therefore, you could take and apply it to your listing and immediately get that same benefit. That's what scope does for me. Sellerlabs.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you $50 on the service. Oh, by the way, it's free to try. So sign up, try it and say, oh, this is how it's done. Boom. And then you're going to, the light's going to go on and you're going to be like, man, I can get my products out there. I just can't wait. Can't wait. Sellerlabs.com forward slash momentum. The other day, I bought another domain. Yes, I bought another domain. It's almost like uh, I'm admitting guilt. But it's because I had an idea and it was something that was a pretty good idea. I think it's going to go pretty far. And so what do I do? I go to trygodaddy.com forward slash momentum and save 30%. So domains aren't very expensive. You get a few services. It adds up a little bit. And I usually buy three years. I usually buy privacy. By the way, I recommend that too. By that, you know, it's not that much money, but when you can save 30%, it makes it that much sweeter and it makes it easier uh, when you're buying domains, and especially if you buy a bunch of domains. I am a domain collector, and so I do tend to do that, but that 30% makes it a lot easier. And I use GoDaddy because what I like is I can pop in an address I'm thinking and it'll say, nope, nope, try this version or try this extension. And then boom, there it is. Hey, you better hurry before it goes away. And they're right, you know, and so try GoDaddy.com forward slash momentum, save 30%. Also, I want to mention about Grasshopper. Who was I just talking to somebody the other day? And they were like, oh, yeah, I use this company called Grasshopper. I'm like, dude, did you buy it through my link and save 30%? Hello? No, they missed that. So save 30%. It's trygrasshopper.com forward slash momentum. No surprise there, but you're going to save 30%. And what the, the real cool part about that is they're using it for their private label business. And it gives them virtually a second phone on their current phone without having to get another number. They can make up a vanity number. They don't have to go and do all the grief and, and sign long contracts. Pretty easy stuff. And so if you're creating a brand that you want to identify, you want to look professional, you want to look like a real company, Grasshopper is a great tool. It's an app you put on your existing phone, and boom, you now have a customer service department. You now have a sales department. You now have a manufacturing division. You could forward it to somebody else. You can have it go to different voicemails, different departments, and it's all included. So try grasshopper.com forward slash momentum. Save 30%. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 300. Man, oh man, it's just so cool. It's just so cool to think about uh, that 300 episodes. You know, I started this on my 50th birthday, uh, two plus years ago. And to get to this place, it's just a really cool, cool thing. And the people that I meet, that's the, the coolest things. And what I appreciate so much is the notes from people saying, man, 
I really connected with blah, 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 that person, and they did this. And I'm like, isn't that just so cool? Because these are real people with real stories, running real businesses, and it's not always good news sometimes. It's hard. And that's what's so cool, I think, is the story. Um, And I love a story, as you guys know. So 300, Chris Green, of course. It's on every 100. He's allowed. He's got everyone for now till 10,000. I'm going to kick him off at 10,100. Um, but he, he, you know, it's interesting. We end up in some cool places because I don't want to just keep talking about the same stuff. And some of his, uh, some of his advice is just so sound. Some of it's so basic. You'd be like, oh, duh, of course. But how many, how many of us are doing it? That's what I always think about. And um, he gets us to some really cool places and some really cool thoughts. He does pitch his course, MerchDojo.com. I allow it. Um, I don't benefit other than, again, if you take action, I win because you won. And to me, if you won, I win because it's just cool to me. So I, I really appreciate what he does. And uh, he's a solid guy who's delivered solid results for so long for so many of us. So it's MerchDojo.com. Let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about today's guest, a because it's a milestone. That means I bring on a milestone guest, and you know I made this agreement a long time ago in my mind. Like, hey, every hundred episode, I'm bringing on somebody who's made a huge, huge impact in my life and and most people's lives. I mean, you know, it's funny a whole bunch of people are forgetting it, but those of us who really appreciate it don't forget it. And it's Chris Green. Welcome back, Chris. Hey, Stephen. Good to be here. Congratulations on 300. I mean, that's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Dude, I mean, it's, 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 I I can't wait to hit number 3000. I mean, is that weird? I just love it. I mean, I love it. I love the people I meet. I love talking to people who are so smart and they, every time I get smarter, I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And you do that 300 times and all of a sudden you got, you got a pretty good knowledge base. It's very, very cool. Very cool. No, it, it's incredible, you know, to do it. But it, here's a question for you to start this off. If you had known how hard it was to do 300 episodes, would you have started, right? Like, Yeah, probably not. Did you know what you were getting into? No clue. You know, it's like most things. You know, you think, oh, it's easy. Oh, he makes it look easy. You know, it's I, it, funny. We were talking about going up on stage. Um, there's so many great speakers. And I'm, I'm an okay speaker. But there's so many great speakers. They make it look so easy. But when you've got to do it, it's hard. And, you know, it really, you, it humbles, it humbles me. I don't know if it humbles everyone, but for me, it humbles me. And my respect for those really powerful speakers who can just get up there and just wing it, um, is through the roof. So I would not do this had I known how difficult it is. And it's the reason, quite frankly, most people don't because it's, uh, it's so much work. I see so many people doing two people, podcasts or two people shows and stuff like that that makes a lot of sense because or it's like Andy and Nate and Lee run you know we talk about it all the time the three of them two of them are always available it's great if three but with two of them it, they're always available so that makes it you know sustainable when you're by yourself it's a challenge it's a real challenge you see John Lee Dumas going from daily to I think twice a week he's going to do it um, because he had crazy everyday podcast can you imagine that no, he survived, right? He did the 2000, 2000. You know, thing. It's like, it, it's kind of great. He did a daily thing, but I mean, he had a system, he had a process. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, it's, uh, it's revealing anything. He didn't schedule one a day. He released one a day, but Correct. he could record and he had a system that he could, you know, manage all these things. So he made the difficult look easy. And I, I, I'd actually really love to talk about that because I see that a lot. You know, oh, yeah, let's go there. Stay right there. I love it. 10, you know, 10 plus years I've been working with people 
uh, across all kinds of, of Amazon platforms, from self-publishing to selling to merge to all these different things. And people make it look easy. And I'm aware that I make some things look easy and podcasters make some things look easy and YouTube videos promoting courses make things look easy. And it's not easy. These things are hard. Anything that's that's good and worth working for is going to require hard work. So just understand that the people who are good in any space, they're just making something that's difficult and they're making it look easy. Mm-hmm. That, that's all it is. Understand there is hard work behind it. But if you love the work, then it doesn't feel hard, right? Like you're like, oh, this is this is fine. I like doing this. Some people really like editing podcasts. Like they don't mind that. So for some people, that would be absolute torture, you know. And when it comes to private label and wholesale and retail arbitrage and merch, you know, some people like some things more than others, and some people make something look really easy uh, when it's not when it when it's hard. So people need to acknowledge that and and be able to see that. Like, oh, I I see what they're doing. Wow, they are really good at that. I'm in, I'm impressed. Like a speaker who can get up and just command the stage. That's yeah. hard to do. Some people make hard. it look easy, but it's difficult. You know, some of that, though, is process, right? I mean, I, I find that with the podcast. You know, it's funny. You know, Dan Miller, you've, you've met Dan Miller um, from Dave sure. Ramsey fame, right? Dan, I mean, at his studio, and we're sitting there, and he's giving me advice, and he's such a cool guy, right? And we're talking about I'm like, well, Dan, when do you do the editing? When do you do this? He's like, Steve, no, 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 no. I pushed this button. He was so cool about it because he doesn't edit. And it, that's what he said is like, look, get to the point. You don't need to edit. Do it right. You know, and he pointed out a whole bunch of other things. So quite frankly, the editing process for me now is very simple. I used to use an editor and the mistakes and the communication gap made it challenging. Literally, I fixed my process so I don't have to edit. Very infrequently do I have to edit. And that was because of Dan's advice. That took practice. So now... I can blow right through these where anybody starting out struggles. You know, it, it's, it's that practice, that process, build a process. Isn't that kind of what you've seen in all the Amazon, the real successful outliers? They are process builders or process outsourcers. Oh, without a doubt. And you have to come up with a process and you have to acknowledge that you've probably heard me say this. Perfect is the enemy of done, mm. right? I, for, I wish I could remember who this was. There was someone who was doing a podcast and they would literally, go, they would hire someone to go through and remove every pause, every, um, every, uh, like, could you imagine? Like, and this is like a small podcast with like, with no audience yet. Right. So I, there's, there's two things going on there. One, you know, it doesn't matter. No one cares if you say, uh, one time. And then two, the num- amount of time that you put in to making it perfect is better spent doing something else that something else being improving. So where you're not having to go through and edit out all the, uh, and all these things, you're going to get better by, by moving forward. But if you can just do something live, this is one thing I like about creating content is why I use Facebook live a lot is I can create content once and then repurpose it. Right. So you can go live on Facebook. People don't know this. You can download that video, download the video off of Facebook and then edit it and repurpose it. So if you have a podcast, you can do audio only. People don't know this either. You can do audio only Facebook Live, which as it, I mean, you know this. Podcasts are booming because people value their time and they want to consume content while they work out, while they drive, or you know, passively. So they want audio only instead of watching video. You can do that on Facebook, and then you can download it, and then you can repurpose it, and chop it up into sound bites, and use it on Instagram clips, and do all kinds of things. You can get better at all these things instead of worrying about the things that don't matter, right? If your audience doesn't listen to you because you say, uh oh, well, 
right? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the content is what they're coming for. Let me pay you back what I what you us. paid me. Oh wait, it was zero. <laughs> it was free. <laughs> it's free content. <laughs> you know, and I think people understand that people are real. I mean, I, I you know, I mean, this is the way I talk. You know, uh, I can't. You know, I, I'm, I apologize for it, but that's the way I talk, and I like to talk. So guess what? That's what you get. Um, the software people also. But the software also has gotten easier. I mean, I'm using software now that is radio station level software. And it's so inexpensive relative to what, you know, somebody would have paid at a radio station for it. And it allows you to do so much. I went to a podcast event and this company was there. And I'm like, man, I'm one of your biggest fans. And they're like, oh, yeah, we know who you are, blah, blah, blah. And I said, and he moves something. I'm like, wait a second. Why'd you do that? He goes, oh, yeah, you just do this. I'm like, do you realize I've got 100 episodes on your software? I've never known that it does that. <laughs> He's like, Steve, did you watch the videos? I'm like, I'm a guy. No, I've never watched the how-to <laughs> videos. Come on. And it's just so cool. But it, it just it makes things easy. And it's getting easier and easier. Um, but, you know, let's Which talk about that. good and bad. Right, yeah. Right. Well, let's talk There's about that. good and bad to that. I just had a conversation with somebody about... Um, uh, scrapers, uh, scraping content from Amazon and, and then, you know, allowing people to find things in wholesale and all that kind of jazz. And, you know, my comment was, that's cool that you're doing that, but you realize everybody else can do that too, right? You do got to think about that. And as a matter of fact, there are people who develop that stuff that can do more than what you know that that software can do. So get ready, you know, be prepared to adapt and, you know, overcome, right? Uh, um, and that, that, that's getting real, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Everything is getting easy. Software is, is really taking over, you know, more than hardware. Because software can solve, you know, bad audio. Software can solve bad video. Software can make, you know, editing and processing things faster. Software can go scrape information. But if, you, if your software can do it, someone else's software can do it. Which comes back to something that I think, you know, from the retail arbitrage days and now wholesale, private label and all these things you got to have what's called a sustainable competitive advantage. And sustainable doesn't mean forever sustainable, right? Like, but you, it has to be like at least a little bit of a time frame. So maybe you have some very complex software. It's going to take someone a while if they want to, and I hate to say like copy the software, but, you know, copy the functionality and be like, oh, this Chrome extension is really powerful. I want to make one like that. It's going to take some time. So you're going to have a little bit of a head start. Keeping in mind that copiers at best will always be number two, right? They'll never they'll never be number one and be innovating, you know, in the, you know, leading the race. Uh, but every, you know, you have to have that, that competitive advantage, uh, which is good. It makes, you know, all these things are easier now, but it also means everybody can do it. Hmm. So if you, now it's not just the people who have money, uh, who can win. It's anybody can win. Who's going to win. It's going to be whoever's the best, which is the way it should be. Not whoever has the most money should win. Not whoever has the most money should have the best podcast. No, whoever has the best content should have the best podcast and that's what's going to happen but because of that now there's all these new players making podcasts you got to up your game hmm. so that's how people can see the bad part be like oh now there's more competition I'm like well yeah but now you got to be better you don't get to sit here and and be not as good because you were first or not as good because you had money for equipment whenever you know when everyone else didn't you know and it's good for the the end user the listener the consumer the buyer the member whatever it might be uh, that competition. So that, that's why it's kind of good and bad. That, yeah, it's definitely uh, both. Becoming more accessible. Well, I think it, and I'm going to move it over to private label. You mentioned private label, and I was thinking about that with uh, a product I was bringing. And Andy looks at it, he goes, like, Steve, there's no barrier to entry to bring that product to market. Everybody can do it. You know, it's the, it's the silicone spatula, right? There's nothing. Oh, yeah. Then your only competitive advantage is 
is price, right? And so, you know, you you're, that's not what you call the sustainable competitive advantage, period. And I, I think that's a powerful no. phrase. I think that, that, that if you take that filter on everything you're doing and say, hmm, do I have a competitive sustainable advantage? Hmm, no. So therefore, I either got to come up with one or move on to something else because somebody's going to come in and eat my lunch. Yeah, without a doubt. I think people should that, people should be obsessed with that. Hmm. Like, and they should look at every product they sell, everything that they do. And sustainable competitive advantages come in many ways. Like I have a sustainable competitive advantage with my you know decade plus experience with Amazon. Right now, do I know anything? that other people don't know. I don't know any secrets. There's no information that only I have. Uh, but if someone wants to do exactly what I do and have the context that I have and have the experience that I have, they got to put in the time, right? So that, that time is, you can't shortcut the time. You can't just step in and be like, I have no Amazon experience and I'm going to do exactly what Chris Green does. You can try. It's not going to work, right? Mm. But over time, yes, you can absolutely do exactly what I can do and, and or what I'm doing. And even be better than me, right? So then it's on me. Like you know, I'm I'm excited that I've got this experience. I didn't I didn't mean to end up where I am today, right? It wasn't. Well, it's like funny it, you say that. It's funny yeah. you say that. I mean, I, I was thinking about you know one of the things I wanted to make sure I talked to you about is you've had a history of reading the tea leaves, and it's not like you had inside knowledge. Fair. I mean, it was. It's just that you've been paying no, attention, and you just keep. Insight. But you've been reading. It's funny about merch, guys. I want to talk about merch. But one of the things I think back to: how many years ago were you saying that this merch thing is going to be huge? I don't. I mean, it was years ago, right? How many? But it, it came out. It came out two and a half years ago, okay. October 2015, which sounds forever ago now. It still feels amazingly fresh and new because it's, it's just changed. But you so were much. preaching then, like. Guys, I'm telling you, this is going to be big, and I don't think very many few, very many believed you and said, "Well, it's a T-shirt." I mean, come on, nobody's going to buy a T-shirt. You know what are you talking about? And well, now they didn't see it. and it's merch, insane. Ooh, it, it's an amazing example of, and, and you know this, and I think most of your listeners know this: the power of Prime. Right? Amazon mm. Prime is a household name now. Everybody knows what it is. And if you think of print-on-demand, or we call POD systems, like Teespring and Zazzle, Cafe Press has been around for like since the beginning of the internet or whatever, uh, they weren't Prime eligible, right? And Cafe Press sells literally like 60 different items. You can upload a logo and put on, on all kind, anything you can imagine. They'll print it on and they'll ship it to you. But it's not Amazon Prime. And here comes merch basically selling a T-shirt, but it's Prime eligible, and it... it up it just it, the whole market gets turned upside down because it's prime eligible if it wasn't prime eligible would i care like i know about teespring i don't care about teespring it's an on-demand you know royalty generating zero cost product yeah i get it but it's not on amazon where the customers go and it's not prime eligible it's the exact same thing when fba came around i had already been using prime i was a prime member since february 2005 the month it came out I, I might be the first Prime member, for all we know, right? I don't, I have to, someone at Amazon would have to look it up. But I was there the first month. So I understood the Prime buyer when FBA came out, right? Like, that was a big advantage. I was all in. And people people wrote books about FBA, saying, why would I ever let Amazon handle my inventory? I can do that myself. I don't trust them. They're going to mess it up. And I'm like, who cares, man? You're Prime eligible. That's the key. That's the piece that you guys are missing here. And it's the same with merch. It's Prime eligible. 
that's what makes this work. That's why the customers want to buy these products over Teespring products or any other products. So I saw that right away. And my this other piece of experience that tied into it was my CreateSpace experience, ah. which sounds like, wait, what are you talking about, CreateSpace? So there's the math formula. That's the, that's the formula is. in your head. That's the formula that, that, oh, we're getting inside Chris Green's head. This is the math that you do. Okay, history uh, of CreateSpace plus Prime and the experience. Everybody wants to be on Prime equals success. Boom. Next. <laughs> that was the formula. <laughs> it, it really was because CreateSpace, for everybody that doesn't know, is print-on-demand books. It's their self-publishing arm. So they have these big printers that print books on demand so it never costs you money. So we basically have an Amazon product page that when it sells, Amazon will create the product and ship it to the customer and give you money. And that disrupted and the that disrupted the vanity press like incredibly. That little oh create space. Cliff it disrupted Enico. it. Have you had Cliff on your show? No, he's coming on. He uh I think he asked for until next month. He needed he needed a little time, he said. Okay. I figured he'd been on like maybe one of the first hundred episodes. He's he's been around for a while. He's in e commerce space, he's a lawyer. And he vanity published his book, and he had to buy 5,000 copies, and he probably still has 4,000 of them in his garage. Right? I mean, ask him about this, what he's on. He had, but you, have to, you had to pay money. There was no press that was going to print you one copy of your book. But now Amazon has all these printers, which let's give some real Amazon information. Okay, This comes straight from a, a Jeff Bezos uh, keynote presentation that when Amazon thinks, what are we going to work on? What are we going to you know, try to improve as, as a business? And it comes down to three things. And it's like, what does the customer want? What do we know they want? Not what do we think they want. Not the, what do we think they're going to want in a few years. What do we know they want right now? Which sounds simple, right? Maybe we should work on those things. What does the customer want? Yeah, let's be, let's be good at those things. And the three things are lower prices, faster delivery, and more selection. That's it. That's what the customer wants. So Amazon's going to – anything that, that falls in line with those things, you can bet Amazon's going to go all in on. And if you think of on-demand, what is on-demand books where they can put you know, printers and warehouses closer to customers and they don't have to warehouse stuff, so their costs are going to be lower. So then they can pass on that cost. They're going to be closer to the customer, so they're going to get the stuff faster. And now they can offer pretty much any book ever anywhere in the country. So now they have infinite selection. Yeah, you can bet that on-demand – printing of books is going to be big and they're going to invest heavily in that same with t-shirts right now you have near infinite selection you have faster shipping times now it's not there yet because they only have two locations they haven't built 80 fba warehouses you know like they have um and you get lower prices because you don't have to like print these things ahead of time and store them and like hope that they sell no you print them as the orders come in and you know amazon's going to pass on that savings so any business model, so any platform that comes out from Amazon, if you look at it and say, yeah, that platform is going to reduce cost, increase selection, and it's going to get the stuff to the customer faster, you can bet they're going to invest heavily in that. And if it's something you can participate in by becoming a designer or an author or whatever it might be, yeah, spend some time there. Even if everybody else says, no, nah, man, that new thing's not going to get big. Yeah, I, it, it definitely will. It, it always will if it lines up with those three things. Well, what do you see? So, you know, an, an FBA is a perfect example of exactly the same thing, except for it's not design. You just buy products and take advantage of the price difference, right? It's exact same model. What What do you see? Cause I, like, I, I get fascinated when they talk about, I just saw they were looking at selling cars or delivering cars, not delivering to your car, actually getting in the car business. And I'm like, huh. Or getting in the drug business. That was another one they were going to get into, the um, the generic drugs or some way to help deal with and fix this healthcare problem. When you think sure. about 
what's coming next? You know, what, what, what are you looking for? I mean, like in that first math formula, you had create space and uh, a prime. How did you know that the shirts were going to be big? I mean, they announced it at that point. Is that what you're waiting for? Or when you see them talking about healthcare or something like that, is that when you start thinking, okay, sounds like an opportunity is going to come. We know we're going to have an audience. Therefore, where can I fit in that audience or in that, in that formula to make money? Is that kind of it? Yeah, there's, there's two ways to look at it, right? Or there might even be more than two. But if I'm looking, like, take the healthcare one. If they get into generic drugs, right? Does that, how can I fit myself into that? Hmm. And right now I'm thinking, I don't know. Like, I don't sell drugs. I don't know anything about the drug. I mean, that's highly regulated. And I come from a background of like scooping up product at retail stores, you know, and then getting into self-publishing and then now merch and all these things. How do we plug ourselves into there? I don't know. Software? Possibly there isn't a way, right? Or you could become an evangelist for it, right? Because it's uh... prime eligible, right? So you could go around and, and educate people about like, hey, you know, hey, senior center, you really should be you know, considering, you know, looking at prime. You guys are going to save money. So you can look at who can benefit from that. And then you can network and, and benefit that way or what businesses can benefit from that. So maybe, you know, someone who's in the pharmaceutical industry to be like, hey, guys, if your drugs are not in the Amazon Prime delivery thing, you guys are going to be in trouble. Right. And you can become a little bit of a, a consultant if you want. Because uh, of my like expertise. OK, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Once you understand Prime. Now, that's not something I'm getting terribly excited about. Right. right? Like I'm not running around saying that that's where it is for me. Uh, but if something comes along, like I, I do see a 3d printing marketplace mm-hmm. at one point where there's an Amazon branded printer that you keep in your house and you can order from your phone and it'll start printing before you get home, even be done by the time you get home. And how can we plug ourselves into that? Well, if there's a marketplace for designs and you can learn the software and say, look, I'll make you a, a coffee cup and I'll make this and I'll make this. And it's the exact same thing as merch. You upload your designs. If a customer buys it and uses your design, you're going to get Uh, a form of a royalty whenever anybody uses your design and you can be first to market. I mean, that's one thing I'm I'm not learning it yet. And I haven't had my kids really learn how to do 3d modeling because the industry is still so early, right? Right. There's not like a dedicated standard. You know, the software isn't at the point where it's so easy to use that anybody can learn it. You know, it's, it's difficult to learn stuff, you know? Um, But if my kids show any interest in that, yes, I will support them all the way on anything 3D printing related because to me, the money is in the software, not the hardware. I don't want to sell 3D printers. I don't want to make 3D print. I don't want to go to China and private label 3D printers. I can do software though and have a computer at home or on the beach in Jamaica or anywhere else and I can still run the business, right? The exact same thing with, with publishing books. You need a computer and an internet connection. You want to do merch by Amazon? Computer and an internet connection. Like that's that's where it's going, and that's where I'm excited because, you know, I mean, you got a warehouse. you got products and all these things. That ain't for me, man. That oh, When I see you guys in the warehouse and all that, I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness. That's that's a lot of different type work. It, it's definitely and it, different. And it works. Yeah. yeah. So no, I get it. The I cool get thing it. about Amazon is there's options. Uh, but I think more and more things, and this is like something that private label sellers, this, is, this isn't going to happen overnight, right? But if your product can be 3D printed, you need to have an exit strategy. Right, right. Absolutely. No question. Or, no, like you said, you decade. design the blueprint. Right. You make the blueprint. And, yeah. Well, you know, both, right? Some people want it. Some people don't have the printer. Like, dude, yeah. I, liter- I have been to Best Buy three times in, I think, the past four months and bought something. Yeah. Right? Like, that is unheard of 
for me. I went and, and, and why? Why? Why is it though? The Oculus Rift. My my son David. He's ten years old. He saved up four hundred bucks of his own money, and it would have been two days for Amazon to get it here. No and kidding. They had two days. And, and now we do. Well, we have to pay taxes with Amazon now, right? right? So like, there was no tax savings. He really wanted it. So eh, we'll go buy it at, at Best Buy. No problem. No uh, there was also a laptop that uh, Amazon was not carrying yet. It was like a, it wasn't a Best Buy exclusive, but Best Buy had the one that had all the RAM and all the bells and whistles that I wanted. Um, and it was a competitive price. So I, I bought it there. And what else? I, I know I bought one other thing. Oh, and a router because I got the gigabit internet updated. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'll, I'll even pay. If I have to pay a few more bucks. And actually, they match Amazon's price anyway. I wanted the high-end $300 gaming router. I was like, I don't care. I want to have the best, strongest signal everywhere. Give me the most expensive router that you have. I want it today. And I bought three things. I mean, that's un- I haven't bought three things at, at a retail store in the past six years. But mm. I needed these things. And I say this example because, yes, when 3D printing comes out, and, yes, we can 3D print everything we want, there's still going to be someone who says, no, I want it for here or i need to drop ship it to my cousin and they don't have an amazon 3d printer like it's not going to completely go away just like even though amazon prime is what 13 years old you know we're still buying stuff at retail stores right you know uh so there will be but but not at, not, i don't want maybe exit strategy wasn't the term i should have used but just like be ready to pivot and be like okay now it's time because offering 3d printing models of your private label products today that doesn't make any sense no one has the printers Right. Or not enough people have the printers to make it make any sense. But you need to be ready when the market is if the timing is right. You say, hey, we need to start offering 3D printed versions of our product or spare parts, uh, time it right. spare parts. Sure. I mean, I think, of, you know, like a vacuum cleaner. Imagine getting a part, you know, boom, here you go. Here's your part uh, or washing machine part, you know, uh, thinking about where like how fast it's going. You know, when you mentioned the 3D printers, I mean, how fast do you see something like that getting put in place? I mean, I agree the, there'll be the people who will never get there, right? They're just going to fight it the whole way. But the general population, the acceptance point, that's definitely got to be getting faster as these new products come to market. I think, I, this- I think so. I mean, my father-in-law got an iPhone uh, like a few months ago, right? He had a flip phone up until then, <laughs> right? So the, and I've been begging. I'm like, please. Get, he's got a GPS, and now he has an iPhone, and his GPS just broke. And now he wants us to buy him another GPS. We're like, no, we're not doing it. You have an iPhone with unlimited Verizon data. Like, just use your GPS. It's going to help you with traffic and everything. But no, he wants to buy an $800 GPS, despite having an iPhone. Uh, so the 3D printing one, I mean, I'm I'm not like a a, a predictor on stuff like this. It's not going to happen overnight. Right. You know, 3D printing is is a little ways off because of the cost of the hardware, you know, the uh, the adoption rates. You know, it, it's not going to you know, there's no standardized things right now. So it's a ways once off. A company, oh, it's a it's a ways off. But okay. uh, but I could see Amazon, you know, just, I mean, remember the first Kindle that came out? Mm. Like people are like, what is this? Like like eventually something like Amazon has to release the first first of something. So they had, they had the first android kindle tablet that came out i found my kindle hd which at the time cost 500 dollars, mm. right and because it, it was competing with the ipad you know the cheapest ipad was like 650 at the time or whatever this was what 2012 or 2013 you know it's like a i, I can't believe it's like a five-year-old device already uh, that's how fast time goes by um but you know the prices were high back then so amazon's going to come out with a 3d printer at some point it's going to be priced very high 
compared to what it's going to be in two, three years after that comes out. Uh, they're going to have early adopters who come in. They're going to have whatever they have for a marketplace and how it's all going to work. And, you know, some people are going to, I mean, I'll buy it as soon as it comes out. I'll buy it. I'll be the first in line, you know, because I'm, that's the stuff I like. I'm interested in it. And I want to see how it all works. Is it any of it um, lifestyle for you, though? I mean, I was thinking about like the Best Buy example. Because you, your lifestyle is you, you can stop and go because your kids are home, you're homeschooling. I mean, you, you have that lifestyle built that way. So that immediacy where a lot of people are working during the week and they're like, okay, I'm going to order it when I get to work because that's when a lot of people buy, right? You can look, the patterns show that, that people buy when they get to their office and then they get it shipped um, by the time they get home or the next day. Um, I wonder if, if your lifestyle allows you, and if that's true, as more people move to your style lifestyle, which... I mean, I'm seeing it. My my older son is a consultant. He works home from home now. I think four days a week, so he's in that lifestyle now too. Um, is that is that an opportunity for Best Buy or for other businesses to come back? I think about a toy store. You know, they were saying that one of the big reasons that Toys R Us went into business is they're big box. They're terrible. Nobody wanted to go there. They weren't exciting. You know, and all that's true. And you wonder in a small town, not maybe not a small town, but a regional really spectacular toy store that's a destination because of lifestyle are we ready to go back to something like that is best buy going to expand because of exactly why you went back there no well i don't know i don't think so um because i didn't go to best buy because of my lifestyle i went there but but you wanted it immediately but you wanted it immediately i think that's it you wanted it that day Right, your lifestyle sure. allowed you yeah, to get no. it that day. But if a guy was going to work, he'd be like, "All right, son, I'll get it, and we'll order it. It'll be here on Tuesday or Friday, and I'm off for the weekend." But you're off every day because you could choose when to work. Is what I meant by it. I don't mean to downplay that, but do you get? That's what I meant by lifestyle. It, it's possible. I, I still think, and it might be that Amazon is the new retail store, right? It, just because there will always be some kind of you know immediacy retail store. People want to go see things and try things. You know, I I could see a store, and I, I almost did this as a goof store, but like it would have cost way too much money to set up is to have a storefront where you literally couldn't buy anything. And all they did was have the top 1000 products from every Amazon category. And underneath every one was a Kindle and it would tell you about the product and you could put in your address and it would say, yeah, we'll have this at, you know, at your door tomorrow. Huh. If you don't like it, bring it back here and, and return it. Like you literally could not walk in and buy anything, but you could still go in and see the things and touch the thing. Cause there's still a value in that, right? Like, if you don't know what you want, you're like, well, you know, I, I want to see if I like the keys on the keyboard of, of the computer. Some people, I guess it's called key travel, right? How far the button goes up and down is like a huge deal for some people. Like it's got to have good travel. I'm like, I don't think I've ever like, I've bought or not that. bought a computer. Uh, dude, next time you look at stats on a, on a computer, look, it's going to tell you what the key travel is on the, no on the keys. And it's important to some people, and it's not important to other people. For me, it doesn't matter. I just want to make sure it had enough RAM. I want to, I want all the bells and whistles. I didn't care about the keys. Actually, I did want to make sure the keys were backlit, right? Because if I'm typing in the dark, I want to be able to see the keys. Um, there are some features like that, but I, you know, I don't need to see that. I just need to know what's on on the stats. So you know, if it's Best Buy or it's Toys R Us or it's the new Amazon retail store where they only carry the stuff that people want, because imagine if Amazon ran Toys R Us, what products oh, would be on the shelf? Yeah, right. Right. right, the products right. that we want, not right. the stupid products that sit around and get clearanced out because nobody wanted them. Right? The ranking would decide everything. On data. Mm-hmm. Exactly, you know, and you you said it that if if a store becomes a destination, and that's I think where Toys R Us like missed a big opportunity. Yeah. I mean, drones are becoming this big thing. 
why was Toys R Us not the drone place where you could go and you could fly drones and every Saturday they had drone races? Like the kids would love that. Oh. My kids would be begging me Birthday to go to Toys R Us Saturday. Everything, anything, anything related to destination. That's why all these other places are give open. Them a reason to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we did that with, when I was in the retail sales, you know, back in the Home Depot days. You know, like we had a tool that was a destination tool. It doesn't matter what we priced it at. If you needed that tool, you came in and bought it because it did the job, right? It was different than a price point tool where people come in and like, eh, I got like three of these kind of the same price. I don't know which one I'm going to buy. It's like, no, if you, if you have this, if you came in, this is what you got, this this product. It barely even needs to be on display. Like no one's coming in and be like, eh, is this what I need? No, you know what it is. You're going to buy it. You're going to go home. Like you come there for that tool. Like have a reason to go to the stores. You know, like, like Best Buy, like I don't, I don't have a reason to go. They just happen to have the products that I wanted, right? It's like I haven't been back to Best Buy since, right? There, there's mm-hmm. no reason. Like it's not like, oh, I can go and like, oh, every they have, they should be doing virtual reality demos, not just little crappy demos like they do now where you have to like find somebody at the, because they do this, right? Like to Best Buy's credit, they do virtual reality demos with the Oculus Rift. We got to go get somebody. And we went, this is, I think they don't, they're not, not even excited about VR, we go in, we're there to buy something. We say, hey, can we uh, get one of the, the Oculus Rifts? And they're like, oh, you want to try it? It's not working. Oh, I'm like, Jesus. no, I don't I don't want to try it. I want to buy it. Oh, okay. So the demo doesn't work. The guys aren't excited about it. They're not doing like a thing every single Saturday where they set you up and they put you inside Facebook spaces so you can see how it works and like have other people like there from other stores where you can like wave and you're like, whoa, this is like really cool and do it every single weekend. Like They don't do that. They could. They should. Oh, do, My kids do, you, want to go back. How about having uh, events, right? Because uh, there's a we were in Orlando at this place, and there was a there's a business where you actually go, and they have these crime things, right? This whole it's an event place kind of thing. Right? You see them popping up around the country. Imagine having, um, you know, that 3D night, you know, like a movie theater. I mean, almost like a movie theater where you go in and you can do things, and it's interactive and all those things. Your kids would eat it up and pay a fortune to and go. And they could do that. They could get all of their vendors, like Samsung and all that, to sponsor it because they could have like a room where you have to like solve some puzzles, and all the screens are Samsung screens, and underneath it says, "Hey, you want to buy this 80-inch television? Great! It's three thousand dollars. You can buy it after you finish this thing if you want." Like get, I mean, the brand awareness that you would get. Like there's, there's all these benefits. Where you're locked you in the in. room, right? The locked in. That's where the other ones are. They lock you in a room, and you have to figure out how to get out, and all these clues. And I mean, all those. Again, though, that takes creativity. That takes that takes a vision, and there are not too many visionary brick-and-mortar com- companies out there today. Right. I mean, that's a challenge. Well, Cost yeah, structure. Well, accept the challenge or go out of business. Well, and, right. you know, it's funny you say that. That's, that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right, let's yeah. let's pivot because, you know, as, as I think about this, I'm, I'm thinking about your career when you said this. You know, you were the RA guy, then you were the OA guy, and then you, you know, you wrote a bunch of books, and then you became the merch guy. You you really do leave that stuff behind, don't you? You have an ability I to kind of turn to. it off. Yeah, you do. I'm not as good as it as as people might think I am. You know, like I I still feel commitments to to RA and you know, and it's probably because there's still content out there. Like people see my books or they they see old posts or videos and you know, and I still know a lot about it. You know, there's definitely new kings of RA, yeah, new yeah. kings of OA, and you know, I never really got into wholesale and private label, although I. You know, I worked in that world with all you guys who, who did, you know, but I never set up those big accounts and all that stuff. 
but like you know, none of this is complicated. No, no, right? no. Like and and you give it all away. You give a hundred percent away. You've never pulled anything back. You've never said there was a secret. It's this is easy, and you know you were like, yeah, <laughs> everyone but should it's give it away. Hard work. <laughs> all of it, and it should be hard work. You know, so like you want some, you want something. Like yeah, it's gonna have to work hard to get it. If it was easy, everybody would have it. Yeah, everybody be doing it too. All right, let's talk merch. Let's stay on merch because right now you're still infatuated with merch. And and it's two and a half years, Chris. That's kind of a record for you, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I'd say I committed like five years to RA. Okay. You know? All right. Uh, but I, I definitely felt, I feel like I fall in and out of love with things, right? So like I, I used to love RA, like retail arbitrage. I would, and I still like like the hunt. Right. Like I would love to do retail scanning with somebody and find all the products and they can have them. Right. Like I, I don't need them. I just like the fun. Like I am entertained by doing it. You know, I, it's fun to help someone else, like see them light up and yeah, smile yeah. and realize that they're going to make some money. Like, like that's great, you know, but I'm not in love with it in the sense of like, if that was my job and I do that every day, I'm like, Oh, this is like, this isn't fun anymore because I've done it. Right. So there is a sense of like when, when something's new and fresh, it's more exciting. And I say this because I'm I'm a little scared that I'm not gonna like merch by Amazon at one day, right? And I'm like, no, because like merch is just so perfect. Well, what do you love about it? it? What do you love about it? It's a, it's the most simple business model. It costs absolutely nothing. There's no inventory. There's no customer service. There's no returns. There's no fulfillment. It's basically upload some artwork, and when it sells, Amazon does all the work and gives you money. Right, like it's so good that when I explain it to people, they don't believe me. They think I'm lying. They think I'm making this up. What's the catch? I'm like, there's no catch. This, this is the business model. If you don't believe me, like, like ask someone else or look at the terms of service yourself. Like, this is what it is. And it's just t-shirts right now. They are getting into things like cell phone cases and pop sockets, which, if you think about it, are a heck of a lot easier to design than a t-shirt. Like a t-shirt has to actually have some effort behind it. Right, has to actually look good. And, and work on a t-shirt but if you're talking about a full color bleed circle or a full color bleed rectangle that's easy to make so with merch is only getting easier so with more products international expansion i mean it's going to be an absolute monster program uh but then once once it's not new anymore i worry that i'm not going to be as as hmm. uh, as interested as you know and that, right, that, that might not happen right but I know my history of RA and OA and just, you know, like be, even being a vendor, even being a speaker. I'm speaking way less this year. I've already turned down like six conferences and it's only April. And I still feel like I'm going to one every month, you know, like there are just a lot of events out there. And as much as I like going to them, once you once you do something a lot, then it's, it's not as fun. It's not as at least for me, like I'm speaking for myself. Some people hate that they just love doing it. They, they find their groove and they stay in it. My groove seems to be like I have to keep doing something fresh and new, well, which what, is, can be a challenge. What are you doing fresh like, what and new? What if there's nothing new? Yeah, well, what are you doing to fresh yeah. and new? How do you, like merch? I mean, what's changed in the last two and a half years from merch? Uh, there's been software. There's Well, there's been a lot of software. I should say that. I mean, let's be real. There's been a lot of advances and a lot of tools that have come along. Um, let me ask you this, because being one of the people who helped develop ScanPower or finding Paul and, and, and leading through that, that took a long time with merch. Now, is it surprising how fast the, uh, uh, the tools were created and it put out there? 
I don't think it's surprising how fast. I think there's two things that happened that made it very fast. Is one, people saw the, and, and validated the opportunity very quickly. It wasn't like with FBA where like sellers had to kind of see, oh, okay, I see the benefits here. Because we were the first, you know, FBA software for a long time with FBA power and then scan power. Then when other people came in, yes, it's competition, but it also validates the opportunity, hmm. right? So if no one competes with you, and you're the only one making software, that means no one else sees any opportunity here that might be a sign that maybe this isn't where you shouldn't be spending some time. But if other people do come in and say, oh, there is an opportunity to make software here, that validates the opportunity. So you do have to still compete at that point. But making you know like inventory management software and repricing software and all this stuff, it's a heck of a lot more complicated than making a thing that, that puts, you know, an image on and then you add a mustache and then you add a sombrero. Like, we're just talking about graphics and, and art, right? Like, these things aren't that difficult. So there is, I think, a, a speed to market with Merch by Amazon because the software isn't as complicated as stuff around, you know, running an inventory management type business. Um, but, I mean, the opportunity is very simple. Right. And, you know, I'm responsible. And there's other people that have been you know, making videos and all these things, you know, talking about Merch by Amazon where people are like, oh, I get this. This is interesting because it's, now it's not just I mean, Merch is so much different than, than selling because Merch lets you you know, foster your creative side. There are so many people. I mean, they come from the from the seller side. and They come over like I love Merch because now I get to feel like I'm creative again. Now I get to feel like I'm doing something. I'm making something instead of just putting stickers on boxes. Real fruit of labor, yeah. right? Real fruit yeah. of labor. You could see it. You could touch it. You could order it. Your family can have it. Hmm. Yeah, when yeah. they buy you your... You show it off. You're like, look, I, I'm, I'm on it. I, this is my product instead of, look... It's, it's the Vanity Press. Out. We're back to the Vanity Press. Look at... I'm a, I'm a designer, yeah. Chris. You know, look at... <laughs> take, a, take a look at my designs. You know, I'm a, I'm a right. shirt designer. But, it, but it's free. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it is a very fun and, and rewarding business and it keeps, you know, merch does keep changing. They just came out, I think it was yesterday or the day before with a new policy saying, if you, if we paid you royalty on an item that was returned, we're going to deduct that royalty from your account. And holy smokes, did people flip out, right? Which is absolute insanity that people are flipping out that how dare Amazon take our money back, take the royalty away. Because they returned the shirt, they should have never paid you that royalty in the first place. Yeah, and yeah. now they're they're freaking out that they had it so good for so long, and now Amazon's coming in and kind of adjusting and fixing things. But what percentage uh, are getting returned? I mean, what's the percentage of returns? Very low, right? Very right. low. But yeah. I mean, imagine a system where, hey, hey, Steve, you know what you should do? Order a hundred of your shirts, get paid, and then it's Amazon. Who cares? Just return the shirts, like. Do you think anybody might have done that, hmm. right? Do you think someone might have abused the fact that they could order something, earn money, oh. and then return it for a full refund? I'm not even yeah, that nefarious to think it. that way. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Yeah, you're right. Somebody's done that. Absolutely. They've absolutely done that. So all they're doing now is going back and mimicking the CreateSpace model, which is the exact same thing, right? So like it, And the CreateSpace model actually isn't the exact same, right? So if, if someone buys my book, I get a royalty. If they return that book, they don't take the royalty back, but they list it as used and they sell it from Amazon warehouse deals. And you don't now get paid the second up. time. No, why would I? Right. right? Okay. Like right. So they took it back in <laughs> essence because they're going to sell it and they're going to make money. Okay. That's fair. That's reasonable. Or or they could do it the other way. They could say, hey, we're, we're going to deduct the royalty from, from this return and we're going to sell it for you. And if and when it sells, we're going to give you the royalty back. Like, 
Either way is fine. It's the exact same thing. No one should be earning a royalty for a product that was not sold to an end user. Right? That that's really all it is. And in the meantime, Amazon is is warehousing, uh, hiring the labor, letting us use the printers, shipping the product to the customer, paying for the return because Prime in the clothing category you get free returns, paying for the return, paying for the blank, dispose either reselling or disposing of the blank. They're eating all of those costs, and people are like. And they should pay us a royalty on top of it. It's like, it's mm. absurd. It, but you've seen this on the seller side where someone comes, you know, Amazon comes out with a new policy or whatever, and everybody flips out. Like, how dare Amazon? And it's to me, it's a mindset thing, right? Like, you either see that Amazon is just the the opportunity of, of not just a, like a lifetime, but of all of human history's lifetime for the entrepreneur to sell products, to, to get their thoughts, their music, their designs, their something in front of customers. For zero dollars, right? That's I, I know people peg me as this Amazon fanboy and evangelist. You know, Amazon does nothing wrong, and I always say good things about Amazon. That's because that's all I see is good things, right? Does Amazon make mistakes? They drive you crazy sometimes. Sure, I guess, but they don't do anything that like 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 stifles your creativity or do anything that like like stops you from taking advantage of customers. Like just don't take advantage of customers, right? So if a new policy comes out that says no, you can't spam customers with your automated messages don't get mad at amazon right because well, like, somebody's well, doing that right they're fixing something that somebody is doing you know it's funny you also have to realize that they have to have a sustainable business to last ask anyone who is selling the toys r us trying to get their merchandise back because they didn't get paid from toys r us right their business model was not sustainable so get you know amazon must make money period or they're going to get out of that business right and that's not good for anyone oh, I, I got something I got something I bet you didn't think we'd talk about today, and that's the Amazon puts the customer first, right? Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, okay. I, mean, <laughs> I, I was like, uh, well, and, because it's like, okay, you know, yeah, that's this, a given. Yeah, this is a trick question. This is a trick question. Amazon actually doesn't put the customer first. Mm. You hear it from me. You hear it from Chris Green first. What does Amazon put first? Amazon puts Amazon first. Yeah, Amazon course. puts themselves first because if Amazon doesn't stay in business, they can't serve the customer, hmm. right? So everything does go back to how do we put the customer first? We put ourselves first. We stay in business. We stay out of trouble. We don't get sued. And some of those things, that's what you see with Merch by Amazon. Some of these policies are so they don't get sued by brands when some dumb merchers upload the wrong thing and now they have to hire a lawyer to defend all this stuff. Like, no, you have to not get in trouble. You have to stay in business. Why? Because if you're not in business, you can't serve your customers. Right. So Amazon does put themselves first in order to put the customer first. Right. So it, it's kind of circular argument there. But it is Amazon has to stay in business. I always like they're not going to go out of business to lose money or something like it. There's no point. You had advice up there. Mini me passed away. Do not put up mini me <laughs> shirts. You will lose your account. Yes, it's clever and you can come up with a million things. Well, guess what? You will lose your account. So. What what level of involvement? You just came out with a course, um, Merch Dojo, right? That's the, the name of the course. And what was the goal yep. of the course? We wanted to get like some real good Merch by Amazon information out there because you've I mean, you've seen it from the FBA side. Newbies come in and they ask some terrible questions, right? Like <laughs> what kind of like, tape really should I need? use? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do I need to put <laughs> tape on all four sides? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all been there. Now, I don't look down at my nose yeah, where anyone do I because. Buy a box? Yeah, because we've all been there, you know, so I get it. Sure. 
But with merch by Amazon, it's the same type of thing. But it is very different from selling because now we're dealing with intellectual property and we're dealing with things like parody and what creates parody and what doesn't and all these things. So people had all these questions and we wanted to have like a course with some good information out there. Um, but the application process was such that like, you could apply and you might not get an account for eight to 12 months. Right. So we didn't want to release a course at a time where like you couldn't get approved. Like if you couldn't get a seller account, would you make a retail arbitrage course? Hmm. Right. Like, Hey, you're all excited about making some money, but yeah, you can't, you can't actually open a seller account. Sorry. You know, it wouldn't make any sense. So Amazon in February relate, released a, an update uh, for their application process, which kind of streamlined it and got people in because they were just trying to keep the bad people out. So they, they changed a few things. They asked for your tax information up front. So people are now getting approved in like, you know, two days to a week. So it's really, all right, now it's time to, to release the course. And, you know, we partnered with some of the, the best marketers out there. You know, Brian Burt's a genius marketer. We got Ken Reel, who's a licensing expert. Neil Lassen, who developed Merch Informer after selling a couple of accounts for like, you know, sixty and $90,000. Uh, and then Mike Wall, you got to have Mike Wall on your show. I think uh, he's probably been on your no, radar. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had dinner together. He is cool. That dude is smart. Uh, he's, he's the best, man. And he's, he's excited to be a part of the dojo now as well to talk about what we call local merch, which is using – and I, I say this. I say that knowledge of merch by Amazon is almost more valuable than a merch by Amazon account mm. because if you understand how it works – and you can go do businesses or individuals, oh, or nonprofits, yeah. or organizations. My gym got me teared up. Them. My yeah. gym got me teared up. That's how I got teared up because my gym needed shirts and I knew how to bring them to market. So exactly. That's as easy as it is. And it's a, it's a value proposition. If you can provide value to someone else, they're either going to pay you money or you're going to have a, a relationship, right? Like with you and Dan Miller, right? Like you guys bring value to each other. Right. It's not like, oh, you got to pay me money and all this junk. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. If you have value to provide and that's and I challenge people, if you understand merch, then you should like have 10,000 percent confidence that you can go up to anybody and give them some value. and Be like, hey, I'm going to help you solve a problem. I'm going to help you save money. I'm going to help you make money. I don't care which one it is. People are going to listen. And then when they see you actually do it, they're going to be like, hey, this is great. You know what? You should go talk to my buddy over at uh, over this place. I know you could help him out. And now you've got contacts and now you've got like deals going around. Now you've got, you know, you're selling all kinds of shirts for your account. You're tearing up, you're making money. So it's you're not only just and networking. It's not only just like, hey, here's how you can sell shirts on Amazon. It's, hey, here's how you can create a business. So you're taking that approach to it also, like to create well, a cool real thing, business. Exactly. And, and the cool thing about merch hmm. is you can do pretty much anything, right? So, I mean, the people that we have involved, with the merch dojo. Uh, you know, I make software and apps and different things for merch. Uh, Neil Lassen builds up accounts and sells them and develops software for merch. Uh, Ken Real licenses a bunch of different artists and uses them on merch. Uh, Mike goes around and gets like, you know, contracts from local businesses and sells them on merch. Merch is the same, but we're all using merch differently, which makes it interesting because then people can say, you know what, I want to do it Mike's way. I want to do what Mike's doing, or I want to do what Ken's doing. I'm going to go to that, that licensing show, and I'm going, to, I'm going to do what Ken's doing. You can do anything you want. And because you know it, it's zero cost, and there's no customer service, I mean, selling on Amazon is a lot harder than it used to be. Because right. now you have to pay attention. You do have customer service issues, even as an FBA seller. With merch, you don't. There are no issues. You can literally walk away from it for six months and come back, and it doesn't matter. Right? It's a very, it is a true passive business. So you can work the, on it just a little bit or a lot. 
What about the people that say, though, Chris, there's so many sellers already. It's diluted. All the ideas are thought <laughs> up. All the designs are already all created. Oh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> if someone so, says that, I would, I would literally stop listening to them. Yeah. When should all you start? You should have started yesterday. If you can't, start today, right? That's really the right answer, right? It's well, not... I like Andy said it well. You know, the best time to start merch is two and a half years ago. Second best time is now, yeah. right? I'm yeah. stealing that from Andy. Do you, can you still uh, get in your course or no? Is it, I mean, I, you know, and, and look, I, you know, Steve doesn't benefit in any way other than, I always say this, is if you do, if you take action, you win and therefore we all win because I like to see successful people and I love to get to know them. So to me, I win if somebody takes a course and does something with it. Can they still get through with your course or no? Currently, if you just go to the website, it's not going to let you buy it. And depending on when people are listening to this, you know, it'll either be closed or it'll be, you know, reopened with, you know, different deals and different specials. Uh, so you either be able to buy it or you'll be able to sign up to be notified. But you could get on a list. Um, that's what I always tell people. Could join the group and get on a list because that's typically where you notify first, right? Um, and, exactly. And so what's the website that they could go to? Real easy. MerchDojo.com. It's just going to get bigger and better. Like we really do have the, okay. the best of the best people uh, who are teaching the content in there. And merch is only going to grow into an absolute monster platform. You know, some people have seen kind of behind the curtains, and you know, there's some things we can't say. But you know, what we can say is that merch is going to be bigger than any of us ever thought. Yeah. Two and, and a half years ago, you were saying that. Age. Two and a half years ago, oh, though, you were saying that too. That's what blows my mind because you know we've hung out together for years now, and. A lot of the same events and, you know, late nights, late nights, Jesus, some of them, and, and just these conversations. Yeah. And it's just funny to think about two and a half years ago, you're saying exactly what you just said. It's crazy to me. Yeah. And, and I could have been wrong, too. I don't want everybody right. to think that, like, oh, I'm always, I'm always right. I'm, I've been wrong on things. You know, it's fine. Um, but I think people should have the mindset of when they see something that they believe in, that they should go all in on it. You know, because you can't tell me the you know, the merch. You could, you could try to tell me merch isn't going to be big. I won't believe you. Now, time will tell who's right, and if I'm wrong, it's not a big deal. Like I don't mind being wrong, but people need to take action when they believe in something. And and here's the problem with with like you know human psychology, right? When you hear someone say, "Hey, you're getting in on the ground floor," we all think, "Oh, whatever." By the time I hear about it, you know, it, it's not going to be the ground floor. Everybody hear of it. That's what merch is right now. Merch is literally the ground floor. And if you don't believe me, go out and ask all of your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers. Ask them if they've even heard of it. Right. And when they all tell you no, right. then you say, hmm, I have information that nobody else that I even know has. Yeah, take some action on it. But you have to believe it. Don't wait you know, two or three years and be like, oh, I, I heard Stephen and Chris talk about merch and like I, I didn't believe it. Like. Guys, we're not here to sell you anything. I'm not right? selling a like, thing. You can go see the Merch Dojo. You don't need the Merch Dojo to get started with Merch by Amazon. You need to go to merch.amazon.com, get an account, read the terms of service, and then get started. Right? Like, do it now. But don't wait two years and then be like, oh, yeah, now I'm going to get into it. I mean, you can. It's a lot of a lot of people listening will. You know? But if, for any, if we get one person to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm going to go take a look at this right now. Then, hey, we, we've done our job. Well, let me ask uh, you this, because I think this is a good question for people. Because if they're sellers, you know, a lot of the people that listen to me are, are sellers. They're FBA sellers. And, and a lot of them probably have merch accounts. So I don't want to – I'm going to move them aside. But the other people, they're saying, wait, is this another shiny object? I don't need another shiny object in my life. I don't need uh, to get distracted because that's real. I mean, you're that guy too. You, you've got an attention span problem. I do too. Um, what do you say to that? I mean, what's – 
there, now there have been a couple of people I've interviewed that have still have their Amazon FBA or their eBay business, and merch was the perfect thing for them. They were designers, and already it just like opened their world to that passive income, truly passive income. And then yet that gave them the time and the money to be able to do the thing they love, the hunt for the merchandise and stuff like that. Um, oh, exactly. None of this is exclusive. None of this is drop what you're doing and spend some time over here. Um, there is value in shiny object syndrome in the fact that you might really enjoy it. I certainly uh, enjoy like chasing and finding the new things. Um, uh, there's also value in being first to market. You know, there's also a, a loss of value if it's time spent away from something that is, should be more productive for you. Uh, I, as a general rule, I would say people are kind of crazy if they don't spend maybe 10% of their time looking at merch. Oh, it's better than knowing who get kicked off the island or whatever those other TV shows or housewives or something. This is a better investment for your time. Exactly. You know, and just understanding how it works. It doesn't, you don't even have to be like a big merch seller, but if you understand merch and you kind of have that in your back pocket, then when you're at, you know, an ASD type show and you see someone, you're like, you know what? You, you would kill it with merch by Amazon. And they're like, what's merch by Amazon? And you tell them then the law of reciprocity kicks in because you just helped them. Mm. Now they're going to be like, that's really cool. You know what? We normally don't sell to Amazon sellers, but you know, I'm going to get you in, man. Cause, uh, cause you helped me with this. Mer like, that's just how it works. That's why I like having all of this knowledge. And that's probably one of my biggest sustainable competitive advantages. Oh, we're right? back to, to that full circle. Dude, I love it. Is the, the, the knowledge that I have, I, I'm 100% confident that I can hold a value providing conversation with literally any person that I meet. And I do, I know this because I go to Jamaica twice a year and I talk to everybody at the bar, you know, Jen goes to bed earlier than I do. So I stay up and I go to the bar and I talk to people and everybody's always fascinated with the Amazon stuff always. And, and these are nice resorts, right? So I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to like say this the nice way. Like we go like to the four and five star resorts. So the people at these resorts, these are all business owners. These are all like, like well to do peeps, right? Who you think would know all this kind of stuff. None of them have even heard of anything I'm talking about. And they're all fascinated. They're like, tell me about publishing books. That sounds really cool. I want to do that. Or wait a minute, I can like upload t-shirts. This sounds really cool. Right? Like, and they don't need the money. They just see it as, as that is amazing that you can do that. And when you can hold conversations like that and provide value to other people, I mean, doors just open, you know, whether you're at a conference or you're at a trade show or you're on vacation, you know, like I, I encourage everybody, if you're going to follow shiny object syndrome, if you want to learn something, learn something that benefits other people, right? Learn Facebook ads, learn Facebook marketing, you know, learn that because then you can use that to help other people, right? Not mm -hmm. just yourself. So if you have a choice of what to learn, learn things that you want to learn, but also the things that help other people. I call it doubling down. If you're going to learn something, you might as well learn something that doubles down instead of just one thing that only you want to learn. Dude, you're like, you blow my mind. You know, it's funny. Every time, every single time we're together, I'm always walking away like, oh, my God, where does he keep, where does he get this time to think like that? No, because it's, you know, I'm not blowing smoke at you. I'm just telling you the truth. It's a clarity. You, you, I think that's one of your superpowers. You, you have an ability to get the clouds away from it, it seems like to me, and just get down to the root cause, break it down into simplest terms, pretty direct, you don't pull a lot of punches and boom, you get right to the subs, the substance, I guess is, or the, you know, the meat, the, of the substrate. Yeah, yeah. You get right there. That's a, that's a, that's a superpower. All right. So merch, it, it comes from experience and I yeah. want to give people one tip, Go. one tip on how to do this. Cause you say like, Oh, I'm really good at this. 
This is one thing that I'm glad I did, and I have never turned it back on. I turned off the radio in my car. I drive in silence. I don't no care kidding. How far I go, whoa, 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 whoa. I drive in silence. Tell me. Without a doubt. Nothing. Nothing. I'll take a phone. If I take a phone call, you know, like, like that, I don't like ignore the phone. If someone calls me, that's fine. But I don't listen to the radio. Never. Absolutely never. And I love, I'd actually start taking notes in my car because I'll, I'll just kind of get an idea. Something will come to me very clear or even just a really good way to say something like, oh, that's a real, because like writing matters, right? Like if you can write really well, you can tell I'm like, oh, that's written really well versus that's written very poorly. And I tell you the best, like, you know, phrases, I'm like, oh, I need to say it that way. I think it would really work. Oh, you know, I need to do this. I, need, I take notes so I don't forget them because when I'm in the car, I'm just kind of like, I don't say zoned out, like I'm not paying attention, but you know, I'm not distracted. Uh, so people need, I mean, if that works for somebody, good, because you're not missing anything if you turn off, you know, like Katy Perry and, and Miley Cyrus in the car, right? Like you're not missing anything, right? But if you're, if you're a podcast guy, do the podcast, you know, I don't care what you guys listen to, but if you have the opportunity to cut out something frivolous and dumb, like most pop radio or whatever you're listening to, cut it out and start thinking because nothing I, I say is, is unique, but you know, for whatever reason, I'm good at it. And that's why I like sharing it with you guys. It gives me a competitive advantage. That's a powerful tip. I think I'm going to try it because I'm with you. I, I, well, try. I You'll never miss I've it. I've never listened to Miley Cyrus and Katy Perry. I'm sorry to say. I am a country music fan. But you know who fan. they are. I do. I'm you a country music fan. I met Katy Perry. I did. Uh, she was selling oh, wow. her shoes in Vegas, and uh, she was there. And her bodyguard got right in front of me and Sam Cohen as we were trying to move in. <laughs> Boom, right there in front of us. Um, true story. Should have got her on merch. Uh, true story. Um, but... I, I think it's a powerful pro tip. I'm going to try it because I agree. The silence. What about when your family's in the car? How's that work? Oh, we talk when we're in the car. Okay. It's not but like it, I have a silence rule. No, but is it, is, uh, do the kids want the radio on? Oh, no. no we, we've grown up without it. No kidding. Ooh. All right. I'm going to try it because uh, I, I'm guilty of it. Putting I like listening to noise just because I feel like I need to. Maybe it's time I pull back and... Oh, well, episode 400, we'll get an update. All right. That'll uh, be cool. Steven Peterson on the silent... Do you think you go 100 episodes without, oh. without turning it back on? Oh, no, no, no. Dude, no. I'm not committing to anything <laughs> like that. It's like yeah, going on a diet. No, pass. I'm not, I'm not, uh, not going to do it. All right. So let's just do this again. So it's merchdojo.com. You can't... Uh, it's probably not going to be active at this moment. Maybe it will be. Whatever. Um, just sign up and wait for it, and then that way you can get some information. I think the advice is sound. Um, I'm very thankful that I did listen to Chris maybe a year and a half or two years ago whenever I did sign up because he was like, no matter what you do, just go sign up for this account. You told a whole bunch of us, uh, probably in personal notes, just go sign up for this account. Don't Even if you don't use it, just go do it. You never know if he's going to open again, and we all did it. Um, thankfully, a whole bunch of us did and we're thankful <laughs> i'm very thankful that i did um because it's been a lot of fun all right so merchdojo.com i'm gonna put your contact info out there if anybody doesn't know his phone number's in his book by the way still the same phone number <laughs> it's still there not many people call you do they they really don't you know my because I, I i believe i put out good content and good books where if you read the book you're not gonna need to call me but <laughs> if you want to you can it's always in there. Hey, thank you so much, man. I, I can't wait to see you. Uh, peace in your life. And I can't wait to hear what's next. Take care. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Man, I could talk to him all day. He's just so smart. I mean, it literally, you'll talk to him in person, and that's exactly the conversation that would go. You'd be all around because we both are, you know, all over the place. But what's so cool is that you leave there with, like, almost sated with knowledge, like, he answered all my questions. He actually got me to where I, all the stuff that was burning in my mind, 
he got me there. And he does that every single time I talk with him. Just so smart and just so so kind and so giving and uh, the real deal. I don't think he holds anything back. I've never felt like that in any way. And I'm very thankful that I've gotten to know him years ago. And, um, and he's invested so much in me um, that I just can't wait to get back to him every chance I can. So that's the reason I love having him on. So um, MerchDojo.com, MerchDojo.com. Uh, if you're interested in any way, go check it out. Just go sign up, and you'll find out if they offer their cor- open their course. And again, like Chris said, you don't even have to wait for that. Go open a merch account. Just go do it now. Go and apply, and then start. And then you can figure some of this other stuff out. You can fine-tune it. I think it's very, very solid advice. Ecommercemomentum.com, ecommercemomentum.com. Guess who's coming up on 01? Yes, it's the 01 person. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.